By his purity, Srila Haridas Thakur radiated great effulgence, which the Nawab could not fail to notice. Spontaneously he rose respectfully when Haridas entered and offered the saint a seat. Although he himself had become quite confused, the Nawab asked Haridas, What sort of mentality has overcome you? Knowing that you have had the good fortune to become a Muslim, why do you behave like a Hindu? We do not even accept rice touched by a Hindu. Yet you ignore your high birth and become a low-caste Hindu? To discard your own race, land, and religion for another is perverted. How do you expect to attain the liberated platform if you behave like this? I have decided to punish you according to the mandates of the Quran, so that you will be freed from your sins. Srila Haridas Thakur patiently listened to the threats and accusations of the Nawab, recognizing his words as the illusory potency of the Supreme Lord. Without any apprehension, Haridas simply smiled at the Nawab and spoke in a sweet, soothing voice. My dear sir, there is only one God for all living entities. The difference between the Muslim God and the Hindu God is in name only. According to knowledgeable Hindus and Muslims, and according to every scripture, be it the Quran or the Purana, God is one. He is non-dual, eternal, transcendental, absolute truth, infallible, perfectly complete. And in that capacity, He resides in everyone's heart. The Omnipotent Lord is the supreme controller of everything. The living entity is moved by the desire of the Supreme Lord. And the living entity acts and works only according to the Lord's design. The Supreme Lord's transcendental names, activities, qualities, associates, and abode are glorified variously in different religions. Nevertheless, Irrespective of the manner in which he is worshipped, the Lord accepts everyone's individual mood of surrender toward him. However, if one living entity feels hatred or envy toward another, this is ultimately a reflection of his relationship with the Supreme Lord, and the Lord never tolerates one living entity's transgressions against another. A wrongdoer is surely punished. Whatever you see of my activities and me are manifestations of the Lord who guides me from within. A person may be born in the family of Brahmins, but if he becomes a Muslim, what should the Hindus do with such a person? Should he be punished? Is he not only acting in accordance with the inner prompting of the Lord for the fulfillment of his personal desires? And will he not eventually receive his results accordingly? My dear respected sir, please consider these points seriously. And if you still find me guilty, then punish me. The Muslim courtiers were sincerely moved by the purity of Haridas' wisdom and presence. However, his wisdom 
could not penetrate the envious and sinful heart of the Qazi, who turned to the Nawab and instructed, You must punish this man. He is evil and mischievous. Others will fall under his influence and become equally sinful. He will disgrace our Muslim religion and community. Therefore, he must be appropriately punished. However, if he wants to be excused, then let him speak from his own scripture. The Nawab tried again. My dear friend, just speak the repentance from your own scripture and accept the true path. Then you will have nothing to fear. Otherwise, the Kazi, who is present, will force me to punish you. They will revile and insult you. Why should you let this happen? Haridas replied, Whatever the Supreme Lord desires is destined to happen. No one can check it. Each one of us suffers according to the degree of his previous offenses. All is done by the Lord. Even if my body is cut into pieces and I lose my life, I will never give up chanting the Lord's holy name. The Nawab heard the fearless reply of Haridas and turned to the Kazi. Now what is your decision about him? Lash him in 22 marketplaces until he dies, replied the envious Kazi. There is no other judgment I find appropriate. If he lives, despite the punishment, then I will conclude that our big scholar has spoken the truth. The sentries were called in, and orders boomed out. Lash him until he breathes his last breath. The sin a Muslim incurs by becoming a Hindu can only be punished by death. The Qazi's envious designs had fructified in the heart of the Nawab, and Haridas was dragged away by the sentries. From one marketplace to another, they beat him mercilessly, their black hearts consumed by hate for the pure devotee of the Lord. Nonetheless, Haridas was a pure soul, completely surrendered to the Supreme Lord. So he faithfully chanted Lord Krishna's holy name. So absorbed was he in fervent chanting that he did not feel any pain. The good-natured pious people could not bear to see the torture inflicted on such an innocent person. Some begged the centuries to stop, while others predicted, If they continue to torture this good man, the entire kingdom will be ruined. Many of them cursed the king to die, while some tried to stop the centuries physically. One person threw himself at the feet of the centuries and pleaded, I will give you any reward you like if you stop this merciless beating. However, none of these protests evoked the slightest mercy from the centuries, who continued to drag Haridas Thakur from one marketplace to another, lashing him relentlessly. By the grace of Lord Krishna, Haridas felt no pain in his body. Just like Prahlad in the Srimad Bhagavatam, who was tortured by demons, 
Haridas never suffered at all. Not only was Haridas freed from his pain, whosoever remembers this story of Srila Haridas will also be saved from the miseries of life. Throughout his ordeal, Haridas's one emotion was pity for the centuries. O Lord Krishna, please be merciful upon these poor souls so that they may not be punished because of me. Nothing could stop the insensitive centuries who were determined to see their assignment through to its deathly end. Yet, for all their beating, Haridas showed no signs of distress as he was absorbed in remembering the holy name of Lord Krishna. At last, the guards had to stop in amazement. How can a human being survive such a brutal beating? Any ordinary man would have died after the beating we gave him in the first two or three marketplaces. We have lashed him continuously through 22 markets, and still he shows no sign of either pain or death. Occasionally he looks up to smile at us. They concluded that he must surely be a saintly person. Oh, Haridas, they pleaded. On account of you, we shall certainly be punished when the Kazi sees that despite our beating, you are still alive. He shall certainly kill us instead. Haridas replied, If my survival brings such terrible misfortune to you, then I shall definitely give up my body. Just see how I die. Srila Das Thakur immediately fell into a trance. A pure devotee of the Supreme Lord possesses all mystic power. So without any hesitation, Srila Haridas fell lifeless, without a trace of breath. The Muslim sentries were astonished, but gladly brought the body of Srila Haridas to the Nawab. When the Nawab ordered the sentries to bury him, the Qazi protested, No! If he is buried, he will be saved and ultimately gain entrance into heaven. Although he had achieved high birth as a Muslim, he has behaved like a low Hindu. Therefore, it is proper for him to be thrown into the Ganga to suffer eternally like the other lost Hindus. If he were buried, he would become elevated and freed from his sins. On the Kazi's orders, the sentries picked up the body of Haridas Thakur and carried him to the Ganga. Haridas remained in his deathly trance, meditating on the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The spirit of Lord Krishna then descended into the body of Srila Thakur, and he became so heavy that it was impossible to move him. The strongest centuries came forward to push him into the water, but he remained in deep trance and could not be moved. <laughs> 